0: We had other plans for today, but our instrumentalists couldn't be here today for various reasons. And so that's why we did what we did and it all worked out good. The computer worked, Doug worked, you worked, you sang. It all went well. I got a text from Charlotte Connor this afternoon and her their son Jason is in critical condition in the hospital in Fairhope with COVID. So, and that's just happened today. And so uh, we need to lift them up in prayer. They've asked for prayer. So you know how to pray. I want us to do that right now. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we're so concerned about this. We, we've we seen things come up, even, Lord, with Brother Walter Mixon, our director of mission, and his wife, Melinda. Lord, and now uh, Jason and, and his wife. Uh, Lord, please... Uh, be with him in this moment and his family, and Lord, to uh, give them a breakthrough in these circumstances. Lord, we need a breakthrough in this whole thing. Uh, we've looked to doctors and, and science, and the answers just don't seem to be very clear. We know that's not their fault. But Lord, perhaps we've not looked to you and depended on you as we should. We've depended on other things to keep us safe and for our protection. So, Lord, we, we pray for them. We pray, God, for comfort, for wisdom, for doctors that will know what to do and uh, for recovery uh, for Jason in these moments. Be with us, Lord, as we just uh, open your word now and, and look into it. And, uh, God, just give us a, a sense of, of, of what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. This week, you should have gotten a letter about our upcoming deacon election. Did you know that every time, every time you elect a deacon, without fail, you are shaping the future of your church? You're doing so either for better or for worse, and so for that reason, the lack of prayer or the amount of prayer or lack of it you put into your decision will be reflected in your church for years to come. Uh, I have experienced that in a church where I was 20 years, and I watched God shape that church through the election of deacons. And as I've told you before, never once did I ever tell anyone in the church, this man should be elected a deacon. I don't believe that's anybody's responsibility. It's not yours to campaign for another man. It's not mine to campaign for who I want. But our responsibility is to be sensitive to God's leadership and watch what he alone can do and how he puts leaders together in the church to shape a church, to be a church as we've been talking about this year after his heart. And uh, one of the places that starts is in the lives of deacons being or becoming men who are after God's own heart. So tonight I want to give you some characteristics that will be true about deacons who are men after God's heart. I have a lot of different scriptures I'm going to share with you. This is not going to come from any one passage of scripture, but I'm just going to begin with some scriptures that down through the years God has laid on my heart and I, wanted, I want you to know this is not only true about deacons. These same characteristics are true about pastors. They can be true about Sunday school teachers, but specifically about pastors and deacons. But tonight we're talking about deacons. Here is number one. Deacons who are men after God's own heart will be men who bear the mark or the marks of God's touch upon their lives. There's a passage of scripture that uh, the Lord has used to speak to me time and time again. And it's about what God will do, what God will do in the heart of his people, what God wants to do in my heart, what God wants to do in the hearts of men and women in his church. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6. And it says simply this, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. And the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul in order that you may live. In other words, when God shapes my heart, he's not only shaping my heart, he's shaping the heart of my descendants by shaping my heart. Now he has a work he wants to do in them, but it begins in the work that he does in me and so in the church. The work that God is able to do in that church is dependent on the work that God is able to do in the hearts of the leaders. Such radical heart surgery is needed in in the life of a man who will be or wants to be what God wants him to be. No doctor can do heart surgery on a person without that person's permission, and so, For God to work in a deacon's heart to make him the man that God wants him to be or in any man's heart, that man must submit his life to God, surrender himself to God for God to be able to do that work. There's another scripture I want to share with you about God's own activity and it comes from the book of Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27. The Lord said, and I shall give them one heart And shall put a new spirit within them. And I shall take the heart of stone out of their flesh. And give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances to do them. Then they will be my people and I will be their God. I've got a little granddaughter at my house that I call Chocolate Anna. And Chocolate Anna says to me, I'm not chocolate, I'm human. I'm made out of blood. And I say, no, you're made out of chocolate. We have that conversation a lot. Well, you know, you know, as time goes by, as we get older, it's easy for our hearts to get hard. We get, we just aren't as tender as we used to be. We're not tender toward God. Our hearts are not tender toward God. We don't have a heart of flesh anymore. We have a heart of stone. And this heart of flesh that he's talking about is a heart that's tender, that's tender when God speaks to you. You're sensitive to him, and you're willing to do his will. So tell me about your heart. Is it a heart of stone or a heart of flesh? Is it a heart that's cold and callous to God, or it is, a, is it a heart that is tender toward God and the things of God? Uh, it may be that once your heart was tender toward God, but over time your heart has become hardened and you no longer hear his voice and you no longer know his ways or sense his direction. If so, you need to pray that God would take out the heart of stone that's in you and give you a new and tender heart sensitive to his spirit and his voice. In the book of Jeremiah, God promised in chapter 24, verse 7, and I will give them a heart to know me For I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. What I just want you to see is for you to be a person after God's heart, for me to be a man after God's heart, for our deacons to be men after God's heart. It takes a work of God in their life. You don't wake up one morning and put on your shoes and say, I'm going to be the man God wants me to be today. Not by your effort will that happen, but only by a work of God in your own heart. God giving you a heart to know him. What does that mean? It means having a heart that bears the mark of God's touch. It's a heart that sets its aim toward the heart of God. Early in this year, I reminded you of the question that my wife asked me years ago. She said, if David was a man after God's own heart, how is it that David did what he did and so I had to think about that a while, and I realized that David was a man just like me, a man just like you. He was a person. And so David aimed high. That was the, the, the true of his early life. He aimed high. He aimed for the heart of God. But sometimes he missed. And that's also true about me. That's also true about you. And so what some of us need to do is we need to refocus our lives and reset our aim on the heart of God. Number two, deacons need to be men whose desire is to do only that which is right in God's eyes. Uh, I've always been struck by the one major characteristic of God's people during the time of the judges. The Bible says... They did only that which was right in their own eyes. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It looked right to them, but they were looking through the, through the wrong eyes. Through whose eyes do you view God's work? How do you measure your decisions? Saul was the first king over Israel. We can use him as a pattern because he is the pattern When we speak about a man after God's heart, Saul, when in the early days of his uh, being king, he was a man who wanted to be the man that God wanted him to be. But he became disobedient and he began making decisions without God. He neglected to wait for a word from God. And before long, he received this word from the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as a ruler over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So when I read that passage of scripture, I'm reminded that God is looking at my heart. That God is looking at your heart. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 8, the Bible said of David, He kept my commandments and followed me with his whole heart to do only that which was right in my eyes. That sets apart David from the time of the judges, which were just prior to him, in that Saul came from the time of judges. He did that which was right in his own eyes. David did only that which was right in eyes in the eyes of God. So that ought to be the desire of your heart. I'm always amazed by deacons or other church leaders who come once or twice a month or sometimes far less and then try to guide the future of the church. They aren't in touch with what God is doing in their church and that's not good leadership. Deacons need to be men who bear the marks of God's touch upon their lives. Deacons need to be men whose desire is to do only that which is right in God's eyes. Number three, deacons need to be men who will be completely obedient to God. If I ask you what our key verse was for this year, and it's a verse that we started out in the very first of January looking at, and we talked about it and talked about it, we called it our 2021 focus. It's the key verse for the year. It's from Acts chapter 13, verse 22 from the New Testament. And the Bible looks back at Saul and says, After he removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. That's Acts 13, 22. But that Acts chapter 13 verse 22 also defines for us, it defines for us what it means to be a person after God's heart. It says, a man who will do all my will. So I want to ask you, is that true of you? Is it in your heart to do everything that God wants you to do to be completely obedient to God? You remember... And I like the story of uh, the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee in the second chapter of John when uh, Mary came to Jesus and said uh, they've run out of wine. And he said, what's that got to do with me? How does that fit within what the will of God is? And I've always said uh, since I read that with understanding one time that that's the question that evaluates prayer, my prayers and your prayers. What does it have to do with the will of God in that specific set of circumstances? Maybe Mary couldn't define it, but, but she went off to the servants and said, whatever he says to you, do it. That's a good motto for a man to have. Whatever he says to me, I'm going to do it. That's certainly a motto that a deacon ought to have and a pastor ought to have. That ought to be the motto for our church. It's when Saul failed to be completely obedient that God rejected him from being king. So have you been completely obedient? What part of your life are you holding back from God? What are you holding on to that God wants you to let go of? Remember, the Bible says, man looks at the outward appearance. That's all I can see about your life. I'll never be able to see Anything else, unless there's some outward evidence you give me, some steps that you're taking or some decisions you're making, I will never be able to see your heart, nor will you ever be able to see mine. Man looks at the outward appearance. That's as far as we can see. But the Bible tells us that God looks at the heart. Are you a man as a deacon after God's own heart? Deacons need to be men whose hearts bear the marks of God's touch upon their lives. They need to be men whose desire is to do only that which is right in God's eyes. And they need to be men whose hearts are completely obedient to God. Caleb pleased the Lord because it was said of him, the Lord said of him, He followed me fully. Partial obedience, as you know in the scripture, is complete disobedience. Number four... And this is the last one, Brother Doug, so I finished this. It was a two-hour sermon that I was planning for this small group of people, but we're almost through. Deacons need to be men who, by shepherding God's people, act as a plumb line, bringing them closer to God. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 15, the Lord said, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. You see that? Shepherds after my own heart. Now, that ought to apply to a pastor, first of all. But I think it can also apply to deacons who are also shepherds of God's people, ministers of God's flock. Any young person in this church ought to be able to follow a deacon through the course of the day, and as a result, be closer to God and be more inspired to live for the Lord because of it. When I was a young person, I'll never, I'll never forget how disillusioned I was on one occasion. We had a youth party at a man's house in the church. And for some reason, I don't know why, uh, I went to the refrigerator And I opened his refrigerator, and I opened his refrigerator, and it had beer in his refrigerator. Immediately, I closed the refrigerator. I didn't say a word about it to anybody. But in my own mind, I made a decision that that man was not what he appeared to be in the church. And he certainly wasn't the kind of example that a young person needed to be following. Your life should be a plumb line that any child or young person in this church could bring their life alongside and measure their life by that pattern and be inspired about how they ought to live their lives. So I want to ask you a question. And I know we don't have a lot of deacons here tonight, but maybe some of them are listening. Are the members of your church walking closer to God Because of your walk. Are they more faithful to God because of your faithfulness? Are they more dedicated to God because of your dedication? When you guide them, do you lead them to feed them on knowledge and understanding from God's word? In the book of Acts, seven men were selected to be God's servants. Before they were chosen, one of the things you see in that chapter is that God's people were lashing out at one another. They were murmuring. And after they were chosen, the word of God grew and multiplied. So I want to ask you another question. Has there been an advancement of God's kingdom because of your servant-shepherd leadership among God's flock? Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 21. For the shepherds have become stupid and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered. Now, that can speak to pastors. Pastors can be stupid and act stupid and make stupid decisions and stupid mistakes and commit stupid sins, but so can deacons. And when we do, the flock will not prosper. The greatest mistake you can make is to shepherd God's people in your own wisdom. Have you sought the Lord for His leadership or are you trying to lead them on your own and on your own wits? In Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 6, Jeremiah 50, verse 6, God said, For my people have become lost sheep, their shepherds Have led them astray. They have made them turn aside on the mountains. They have gone along from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. Where do you think the resting place of God's people ought to be? It ought to be at the feet of Jesus. There is no better place to rest. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But sometimes our shepherds lead us from this to that, from this to that, but not to the feet of Jesus where we need to be. Are you willing to become a shepherd after God's heart? Will you lead God's flock to rest in his presence? So let's go back over these characteristics. Number one, deacons need to be men whose hearts bear the marks of God's touch upon their lives. Number two, they need to be men whose desire is to do only that which is right in God's eyes. Number three, they need to be men whose hearts are completely obedient to God. And number four, they need to be men who, by shepherding God's people, act as a plumb line, bringing them closer to God. Men after God's heart. Now I want you to hear God's heart. I have one final verse for you. This is the heart of God. This is the heart. This is what God would say. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse twenty-nine. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always that it may may be well with them and their sons forever. You see, the future of this church is wrapped up in the kind of leadership, the kind of men that lead it, not just the pastor and the staff member, but the men who are deacons who are who ought to be seeking to follow God's leadership maybe tonight you realize that maybe you're not a deacon or a deacon's wife but you realize that you need such a radical heart surgery in your own life i need god to circumcise my heart to cut away some things that have that are just not important i need god to take out of my out of me the heart of stone and And give me a heart of flesh. I need the Lord to give me a heart to know him. A passion to know him. That's reflected in the words of Paul when he said, I want to know Christ. That was his passion. I want to know Christ. Paul was a man after God's heart. David was a man after God's heart. And how does God define it? He says, a man who will do Whatever he wants, whatever's right in his eyes, no, a man who will do all my will. Oh, God, give us hearts to know you. Make us men and women after your heart. Let's pray. Lord, would you help us? We all, Lord, uh, get off target. We lose focus. We lose sight of who you want us to be and what you want us to be. And we do what's right in our own eyes. We make our own plans and call them your plans. We pursue our own passions and call them your passions. But God, will you correct us in your mercy and your grace? And would you help us go in the right direction as a church? Would you place men, Lord, in leadership in this church who are men after your heart? And any man, Lord, whose heart is out of focus, would you please, in love and mercy, adjust their heart, tender their heart toward you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.